0: You know, one of the interesting things at a thing like General Assembly, we, you register and you get a name tag, but not just a little stick name tag. I mean, it's a big old thing you you have to wear around. You had to wear that to be able to get into any of the things going on. But what you notice is people walking by and nobody's looking at each other in the eye because we're all looking down for their name tag because it would have their name and it would say what district they're from, which, by the way, we got to educate Pastor Dalen. He put the wrong district down. Um, I mean, right after he gets his district license, he puts the wrong district down. So uh, his senior pastor's in trouble. But it... uh, It was just fun to see people, and sometimes you go, "I think I know them," and then instead of looking at their face, you're looking down, finding that name to see if that rang, rang a bell. I get on elevators with people, and we're all looking, you know, down. So where are you from, you know? And we're squinting into, in to see that, and uh, to just kind of gather. And it was just such a fun thing, but it really struck me about the fact of wearing those name tags because we were all looking to know who am I talking to? What's your name? Now part of it, it's a respect thing and part of it is we're in the same family so we ought to get our names straight. I don't know if you ever have trouble remembering somebody's name. Well, yes I do. I know you have trouble remembering people's names sometimes. But it is a powerful thing when somebody knows who you are, isn't it? When somebody calls out to you Now, most of the time, that's a positive thing. I met a new friend the other day out on the street in Indianapolis as I was heading to find a better cup of coffee than they had in the convention center uh, because it was not only expensive, it was bad. And uh, so if I'm going to pay, I want to drink some good stuff. And so I had heard about a place and I'm going a few blocks away, you know, justifying it by getting my steps in and and a, a guy that I had seen the day before in another location who is probably homeless recognized me as well and, you know, starts hollering, you, you're getting coffee, you're getting coffee. Yeah, I'm getting some coffee. He goes, can you get me some? And I said, well, let's see about that. So he came and we started talking. His name's Robert. And we talked for a few blocks. And one of the interesting things about Robert is he doesn't whisper. Um, <laughs> And, uh, even though we were outside, it really carried. <laughs> so as I'm walking down and I'm wearing my big name name tag, I go, should I hide my name tag? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but it was okay. And we went in and actually found out that we had grown up uh, near a similar place and didn't get a chance to find out exactly how he ended up in the situation he's in. But, uh, The first thing he did when he got up there and started talking to me is he leaned down in and looked at my name tag. So from then on he's he's saying, Dennis. And so get the coffee, I hand him the coffee, wish him a good day, and I start walking back to the convention center and he goes his way and as he's going, he's hollering back, you know, hey Dennis, thanks for the coffee. Have a good day, Dennis. Hey Dennis. And for three blocks all the way as I'm going to the convention center. Everybody in downtown Indianapolis knew Dennis was downtown. (laughs) And then I thought, isn't it awesome to realize that our heavenly father knows our name? And he doesn't even need a name tag. (laughs) But what's more important is, do we know our name? Who doesn't know their name? No, I don't mean what you're called. I mean who you are. And this morning, we're going to take a look here in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. And we've been looking all this year that it's time. It's time to. And this morning, what we're looking at is that it's time to know your name. And I realize that some of you, again, going, duh, who doesn't know their name?" But I'm speaking much more than just what you may be called to who you are. And more importantly, to who God says you are. Now follow with me, if you would, in your Bibles or your devices. Matthew chapter 16, beginning of verse 13. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But I want you to hear the question and answer it for yourself. Who do you say Jesus is? Is not just what other people say and it's interesting that when Jesus asked that question I mean they started saying well here's what we're hearing it was appropriate because he said who do people say I am but I love that as soon as they gave the group answer he then asked them personally who do you say I am Because what you have to figure out for yourself is who is he to you? I don't just mean his name. I mean who he is. Who is he to you? You see, you have to be able to deal with that before you can figure out who you are. So the most important part of this is not that Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter. And he didn't really change his name. He said, you're going to be known as. And Peter means rock or something similar to that. And when he said that the church is going to be built on this, he wasn't talking about Peter being the head of the church, though he was for a while. What he was talking about was Peter's answer is what the church is going to be built on. And that we're a part of that. If we can answer that question. Who do you say that he is? And you have to answer that. Who do you say he is? And it's easy to say Jesus, but is he your savior? Because when you look at Peter's answer, when he said, you are the Christ. The Messiah, the one we've been praying for, the one we've been looking for. The question is, is he your Messiah? Your Savior. Is that who he is to you? Whether someone believes in Jesus or not, it's a question they have to answer for all of eternity. Even for those who try to say he isn't who he says he is, they have to answer that question at some point. Who do you say that he is? But let me ask you this, because it's easy for us to answer it quickly, right? Well, you're Jesus. He's Jesus. Yeah, he's he's my savior. He's the son of God. And maybe you keep going, giving the other names that you may have heard about him. But here's my second part of the question that's just as important as the first. Who do you say he is? But I want to also ask you, who do you show that he is? Not just what you say, but what you show. When I was teaching school before becoming a pastor, I would have students at times that go, do you know? And they go, oh yeah, I know. I say, well then, show me. And there was often silence like that. Because it's easy to say I know. It's a little more difficult sometimes to show that I know. One of the things I hated when I was in school was when we were doing math. I could almost stop right there. But when we were doing math and there were problems, especially younger years, and we would do problems and you had to take your turn to go to the board. Some of you that are under 40 are going, what? There used to be these things, they were black. And it was such a creative name, we called them black boards (laughs) took a phd to come up with that name and we had this stuff called chalk terrible invention very messy i was a custodian working my way through college and i did not like chalk it was not my friend you would have to go up to the board and do the problem the teacher had given you and the worst part is when they said this phrase Show your work. I'd rather just give you the answer. They wanted to make sure I knew how I got to the answer. And I go, What difference does it make? I know the answer. When it comes to Jesus, there are an awful lot of people who say, He's my Savior there are a lot fewer people who show that he's their savior. And let me tell you, they're a lot more interested in what you show than what you say. And if what you say does not match what you show, they'll ignore what you say. I read number of years ago and kept the saying, but though I can't remember who I read it from, who said, I've quit listening to what people say and started watching what they do. Because when I watch what they do, I know what they should say. Who do you say he is? But who do you show that he is on Mondays? I know who you say he is, most of you. But who do you show that he is at your address? Not just what you say at your place of work, but what do you show at your place of work? Or at the grocery store? Or in the neighborhood. Or as a fan at a sporting event. Ooh. To know your name, you've got to know who created you. To really know who you are, who he's created you to be, you need to know who he is. And to really know that, you need to show who he is. It's time To know your name, and to do that, you must first of all listen to who Jesus says you are. How awesome for Peter! After Peter gives the answer, which don't you assume that every time Peter spoke first when Jesus asked a question, that the rest of the disciples went, "Oh no!" I mean, read read in Acts two in the day of Pentecost. I I just my version of it is that as Peter stood up when the whole crowd's going what's going on out there that when Peter stepped forward and started preaching the rest of the disciples went no not Peter which Peter's a classic example of how God can use those of us who don't have it on our own but because he's in us and fills us with his holy spirit we can be a force for him And I'm a living testimony of that one. To know. We need to listen to who Jesus says we are. After Peter's answer. Which I'm sure the rest of the disciples. Sat there with their mouths hanging open. (laughs) Jesus said to him. Blessed are you Simon. He's identifying which family he's coming from. Simon Barjona. And then he says from now on. You're going to be Peter really Peter That <laughs> means rock Peter who ends up later denying Jesus Peter who couldn't stand up to a little girl around a campfire when she asked him don't you know him Peter who when Jesus was crucified just said oh well and went back to fishing that's the rock but you know what That gives me great hope. Because I don't always get it right. I shared this just briefly yesterday morning at the men's breakfast. One of the generals made a statement in one of the messages and said, Jesus didn't give up on the disciples even when they hid while he was being crucified so he's not going to give up on you. Who are you? Let's look at who Jesus says you are. You see, that's the real you. Jesus calls you by who you are in him and him in you, not by your past. You've heard me say it before that You know, Satan knows your name, but calls you by your sin. And Jesus knows your sin, but calls you by your name. He calls you by who you are in him, not who you've been, not who others may remember. And this will always result in a new name. And it starts with being called. There's a typo on your sheet that's my fault. It starts with being called a child of God. Today's Father's Day, and that's that's a day of mixed emotions for a lot of people. I'm fortunate. I, I have nothing but positive memories. And such an awesome Christian example of, of a follower of Christ, a Christian man, father, husband, grandfather, etc. I know that's not true for everyone. But for me, being a child of who I was was awesome. I reflected back, saw some stuff that I'd written a few years ago about my dad. And one of those I'd written said that there have been times when I've been in certain places that, where people knew my dad or maybe he had been their pastor. And they encountered me and said, oh, you really remind me of your dad. that's a pretty high compliment for me but whether your earthly dad was that way or not your heavenly father is and he says if he's your savior you're his child not the child that he doesn't want to look at not the child that he ignores not the child that he mumbles when he says your name but he proudly calls you a child of his. And no matter what you're feeling, no matter what's happened, no matter what Satan's whispering in your ear, no matter what somebody else might have said or what you keep saying to yourself, you are a child of the living God. If that isn't worth celebrating, nothing is. By the way, this week going through everything we went through at General Assembly, it struck me that um, some of you might need some help with something here. And I think I can find it here, just a second. Um, That after watching worship internationally, I think sometimes we don't worship right. So let me give you some help on how you can worship, and especially during a message. Things that are appropriate. Amen. Preach it. You can clap in praise or agreement. Atta (laughs) boy. Help him, Jesus. That one should be said often. Yes. Mm -mm. And every once in a while, ouch. You are who he says you are. A child of God. That is worth our celebrating, not just when we gather in here to worship, but as we live throughout the week. For you see, you're a child of God because he said that about you and it continues with who you are called to be. One of the reasons Jesus said to Peter, you are now going to be called Peter the rock is because the role that Peter was going to play was going to be vital in the early church. And what was going to happen. And the role he was going to play. And you have a calling on your life as well. Ah, nah, not me. Yes. If you're still fogging a mirror. Now somebody asked me the other day. A couple of weeks ago. I said, what do you mean by that? And I go, well I'm a little concerned about you brother. Since you had to ask that. But. If you're breathing. And a mirror gets Put somewhere near you no matter how shallow your breath is it fogs the mirror so when I say if you're still fogging the mirror I mean you're still alive if you're not sure ask someone near you and if you're still fogging a mirror you have a calling on your life what and how you fulfill that might change at different times But the calling is the same, being a child of God, telling others who he is and who you are in him, and that they can be a child of God as well is part of your calling. That's who you are. And it's time for us to know our name, that we are a child of God. Thank you. If you're going to know your name, you need to realize that it is your new identity. You are not who you used to be. One of the early church fathers had been one who had studied the scripture, but did not live it out. He had a mistress on the side. And then one day he had a living, breathing overwhelming, life-changing encounter with God. He said yes to him, filled with him, was now a different person. And that mistress sought him out because he no longer contacted her. And out in the public square, kind of like my friend Robert, calling out his name, and he wouldn't even turn and look at her or answer her. And she finally came up and said, it's me. And said her name. And she, he said, but I'm not him anymore. Amen. We not only need to know our name. We need to live it out. And realize that's our new identity. Our identity is not our past. Our identity is not what we had done. It's who we are in Christ. And Christ in us and you need to not just realize your identity you need to remember your identity on monday morning or wednesday afternoon or stuck in traffic driving around chicago lord help me i did that twice in the last week we need to remember our identity That's why I love Jesus' explanation, verses 17 through 19, when he said, blessed are you, Simon, I tell you, you're Peter on this rock, I will build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I don't have time this morning, but I'll, I'll touch on it, one of the generals preached about that little section at one point and talked about the fact that gates are a defensive thing they're not an offensive thing and we so often give satan credit he doesn't deserve that he is offensively pursuing us and he does but when it says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church and those who are children of god it means we are storming the gates of hell not them coming after us And I think we need to print some t-shirts. I saw this this week. A young lady a few rows in front of me at one of the services had a t-shirt on. On the back it said, hell lost another one. What a great theme. That ought to be the theme for the whole denomination, I think. But I'm not sure they'll print up the (laughs) t-shirts. Remember your identity and don't allow anyone to confuse you including yourself. Don't allow others to confuse you. Listen to who Jesus says you are, what he says in your word, what he says through his Holy Spirit to you. Remember and live that out. Because if you're going to know your name, it's time to recognize it and to live it in the power of your new identity. It is really easy standing with 12,000 other people singing together in all kinds of different voices and some people who couldn't sing a bit, which is what the people around me said. In fact, I thought I need to put a worldwide apology up because one of the things that happened in all of the services when it's going on is you saw this a lot. People recording the worship to show to other people, And one of the things that struck me a few nights in, a little too far in, was I'm belting it out. I mean, 12,000 people, nobody's hearing me anyway, so I can sing as loud as I want. And then I thought of the person right in front of me who did this. <laughs> and I assumed their sound was on. They're showing that video in their home churches today, and they're going, "What was that sound?" Joyful noise, my brother, a joyful noise. We need to remember this and we need to live it out, live in the power of that. To sing in that was awesome. What's more important and exciting for me is that those people from 103 different countries and now we're in 164 are all home living it out right now. See, it was not about the gathering, it was about the sending, It was about the living at where we are, wherever we are, and everywhere that we are. And to live in that power, to recognize this, you must identify the fact that Satan is a liar. In fact, Scripture tells us when he lies, he's speaking his native language. One reason he's so good at it is that's his native language. Of course he's good at it. But he's a liar. So, the more you're in the Word, as I keep telling you to be, the more you're going to know the truth so you can identify the lie and ignore the lie because you are a child of God, one called by God to serve Him and share Him and take Him to the world. Satan is a liar don't believe him and then do not back down from your call Oh, that call might change some because of different seasons of our life some because God says I need you here now instead of here but whatever it is don't back down from your call that when you know what God has for you to do then do it because he said I got your back That doesn't mean you're not going to have disappointment. It doesn't mean there's not going to be pain. Doesn't mean there aren't going to be setbacks. But so long as he still says, you're a child of God, I got nothing to fear. As my daughter-in-law said, as they took our five grandkids to Africa and someone challenged them about it. It wasn't Jody or I. And said, you know, you could die over there. She said, you're right, we could. But what a way to go. Don't back down. No matter what you're facing, no matter how you're feeling. This is based on the fact of who Jesus is and who you say he is and if you've accepted him as your personal savior and if you haven't, you can do it right now. Say yes. Ah, it doesn't work for me. Oh, yes it does. Need me to tell you a little more about Peter <laughs> or about me? It absolutely works. No matter who, no matter where, no matter what the past is, you are a child of God if you've accepted him. So don't back down. Listen to who Jesus says you are. Realize your new identity. Remember that identity and live it out in the power that he has given you. Who do you say he is? Do you know who you are? If you said yes to him, you're a child of God. Do you know what you're supposed to be doing? If not, let's talk. Do you recognize the power that's available to you? To every one of us. And then are you living it out? If not, why not? You know what's awesome? When we sometimes recognize that, wow, I should have. You can now. Don't live in the should have. Live in the I can now. From now on. That's who I was. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. That's what matters more. Oh, I love memories. Memories are a great thing. But I'm also one who is always like, so what's next? What's next? We have a video that circulates in our family of one of our granddaughters, she's now just about to finish seventh grade, but she was, I think, three, and she loved singing the song that should have never been invented called The Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round. Grandparents love that song because we love to hear them sing it. Parents, after a while, go, Are you kidding me? And we have a video of her singing it. What I loved is she would do whatever that verse was, and then she'd go, What next? What next? Oh, I'm praying. She keeps asking that. And I want to ask that. Lord, this is great. What's next? Lord, General Assembly was awesome. What's next? Oh, this was a good Sunday. What's next? Because I don't want to live on the memories. I want to live in the moment and for the future of who God is and what he has for us. Because I have realized I know my name and I'm a child of God. Let's stand. Who do you say he is? If you said yes to him, then you walk out of here today recognizing and saying over and over, I'm a child of God. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, because it'll be Monday morning and your breath is going to stink, you go ahead and say, I'm a child of God. And Wednesday afternoon when you're going, how much longer is this week? Just remember, you're a child of God. And when you get stuck in the line at the store and the person in front of you is asking too many questions, remember, you're a child of God and they could be too. So live in that knowledge. Live in the power that he's given you. And let's do what he's called us to do. Jesus, thank you for showing us who we are. Oh, not on our own, because if it's on our own, we are all in trouble. But Lord, thank you for showing us who we are in you. And I pray for each one who's here this morning and said yes to you, that they would just hear this echo in their mind and heart over and over and over that they are a child of God. And because of that, they've got some rights and privileges. because of that, they've got power that is way beyond their own power. And Lord, I pray for anyone who might be here or listening online who hasn't yet found that out, that this would be the day they would say yes to you and recognize they're a child of yours. Lord, guide us as we go, wherever we go and however we go, to live in that knowledge and to share it with those we encounter. Lord, we go in the power and the truth that you are the Christ the Son of the living God, our Savior. And I declare that in Jesus' name, amen.